Chapter Twenty Seven of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven Opportunity. Mrs. Frank Maxwell was in her nursery, where small Marjorie was being prepared to abdicate her throne for a few hours and give herself to sleep. This was holiday time for both father and mother no trivial thing was allowed to interfere with that half hour alone with their little girl dr maxwell had just departed in response to a call from his office not without a few grumbling words to the effect that a doctor never had time to even kiss his baby when the mother too was summoned a lady was waiting in the parlor who would not give her name but said that she must see mrs maxwell immediately that lady arose with a sigh. This looked suspiciously like one of the numerous calls that came to her in the name of a need that had been reached through devious windings along the paths of sin. Mrs. Maxwell had found that the Christian wife of a Christian physician in large practice in a large city had need for the grace of patience not only, but must become, in the most important sense of that phrase, a careful student of human nature she lingered to give a few more good-night kisses to little marjorie with a thought of prayer in her heart not only for the baby but for what might await her downstairs then she went the parlor was dimly lighted and her collar stood in shadow a tall woman dressed in black with a veil that partly obscured her face will you not be seated said the hostess advancing what can i do for you the lady turned and threw back her veil stepping forward toward the light as she did so instantly marjorie exclaimed estelle bramlett you know me then i did not feel sure that you would the years have made such changes yes i am estelle bramlett i have not been half an hour in your city and have come to you at the very first you can do everything for me perhaps marjorie i want to see my husband i feel that i must see him i do not know whether i ought or not but i think i have borne this life just as long as i can will you help me she had changed very greatly it was not strange that she should have been in doubt as to whether her old acquaintance would know her the abundant hair of so dark a brown that it would almost have been called black was now so abundantly streaked with white that in connection with the deathly pallor of her face and the dark rings under her eyes it made her look almost like an old woman yet marjorie though she struggled to speak quietly had only aversion for the woman she felt had been heartless and cruel i do not know of any reason why you should not have seen your husband at any time during these long years she said your sister has constantly done so and other and newer friends than she have been faithful i know it oh i know it all marjorie do not look at me so coldly you who are a happy wife and mother have a little pity on me do you think i have not suffered don't you know why i have kept away from him all these years kept myself from writing to him or hearing from him save now and then through others may i sit down near you marjorie and tell you the whole story 
of course she must be heard mrs maxwell carried her to her own room gave peremptory orders that she was engaged and could see no one then closed and locked the door and sat down opposite the hollow-eyed woman who had dropped into the nearest chair it was a long sad story during the days immediately following the knowledge of her husband's disgrace and ruin estelle admitted that she had been hard and cruel she believed she was insane she did not know what spirit possessed her she tried at times and could not make herself do other than she did for a while she believed that she hated her husband hated her sister hated even her poor mother who bore with her and tried in pitiful ways to help her if it were not insanity what could it be called for certainly she had always loved her mother more than that she hated it seemed to her every one who bore the name christian everything that had to do with christianity in her wildness she dated the beginning of ralph's downfall to that time when he joined the church and professed to be interested in such matters and did so many things that she did not understand and that were not like him when he was convicted and sentenced to state's prison she had felt for a time that she must take her life to get rid of the horror of it all then suddenly she had remembered her uncle anthony whose favorite she once had been she knew that he lived alone with only a housekeeper to care for him and she knew that he had repudiated all interest in religious things long before if he would but take her in and shield her from the hateful world from everybody who had ever known or seen her above all from church members and ministers and all the dreadful people who had awakened at the eleventh hour to try to do her good she believed that she might possibly keep for a time at least from that last awful crime of suicide so she went away in the night unknown even to her mother and made her way to uncle anthony's western home he had received her and cared for her like a father but she had not been in his home for twenty-four hours before she made a discovery that filled her insane soul with a kind of terror uncle anthony had become a man of prayer a church-goer a church member identified with all the interests from which she had run away she told her story well and briefly how by degrees uncle anthony gained an influence over her calmed her strange fears and made her see that that from which she had shrunk as from an enemy contained the only hope or help for her in this world until there came a time when she would have gone home only then it was too late mother and father were gone and she had no home up to that point she had talked on steadily with a kind of suppressed intensity controlling with firm will any expression of emotion but when she spoke of her father and mother and the broken home there came a burst of tears and she buried her face in her hands only for a moment then she brushed the tears away and continued her story by degrees what she had supposed to be the faith of her childhood or rather such faith as her childhood had ever known came to her such a sense of the power not only but of the goodness of god 
and such a realization of the fact that he called upon her to be his child and trust him fully as she had not known was possible filled her soul from that hour she began to order her life to the best of her ability as she believed god would have her at this point marjorie interrupted her for the first time but estelle under those circumstances how is it possible for you to maintain such utter silence toward all your old friends toward your husband especially when you must have known something of what it would add to his misery a sudden change came over her guest's face the hands clasped on her black dress trembled visibly and her entire attitude was that of one trying to hold some intense feeling in check you do not know what you are talking about she said at last not passionately but with an air of hopeless conviction i knew only too well that for my husband to hear from me or even to hear of me with the feeling that i was holding him in any way would but add another drop to his cup of misery a very large drop i came to know long before i took that last step which i meant should separate me from my home and all my old associations that my husband had made a fatal mistake that he did not love me and never had and that for me to go away from him so far that he need never hear from me again nor have to do with me in any way would be the best effort i could make toward fulfilling the spirit of my marriage vows a soft light broke over mrs maxwell's face this confession made an abject sorrowfulness was a revelation to her it explained much that had been terrible in the conduct of this friend of her girlhood she even began to understand the processes of reasoning by which this half-insane woman had reached her strange conclusions she asked another question her tone much more sympathetic than it had been have your ideas or feelings changed in any degree of late estelle the look of abject misery on mrs bramlett's face lifted and she turned eager eyes on her hostess yes they have that is my ideas of what is right have changed very greatly i have come to feel that in isolating myself from my past or trying to do so i was wrong as i have been in almost every act of my life i have come to realize that when i made that resolve i took counsel of wounded feeling instead of looking to my father in heaven for direction i have come to understand better what marriage vows mean and to feel that bitter as the mistake may have been and hard as the result may be there is nothing for me nothing for him but to abide by those vows you see marjorie he is the father of my child and has duties toward him which he cannot lay aside at will and for the sake of him as well as for the sake of truth and honor we must together do the utmost that we can with what life we have left is not that so am i not right this time i have not arrived at such a conclusion hastily indeed there is a sense in which i may say that i did not reach it at all the feeling came to me i have thought over it and prayed over it until at last it seems to me a conviction but i have as yet taken no step to disturb ralph i came directly to you 
it seemed to me that you would be sure to know what was right better than any other person to whom i could appeal what do you want to do estelle aside from this conviction of what is right i mean if you could have your choice and feel that either course would have god's approval which would be yours for the first time the pallor on the worn face before her disappeared and a deep crimson took its place you are afraid i am taking counsel of feeling instead of duty she exclaimed i have been afraid of it myself so afraid that it has made me hesitate long yet it seems to me now that i am going in the direction pointed out but i will be very frank with you and leave you to decide i want above all things else in this world to make what atonement i can to my husband for his wrecked life he ought not to have married me marjorie knowing that he did not love me i cannot close my eyes to the facts but after that almost everything that has happened since has been i think my own fault i was so exacting so hard so cruel oh you have no conception of the life i led him it is no wonder that it ended as it did i goaded him to it i think there is no other word that could describe the condition of things and i have a consuming desire to tell him that and to beg him on my knees to forgive me and let me try again i have forgiven him utterly but what i had to forgive the real sin against me was when he asked me away back there to be his wife so far as my own marriage vows were concerned i have nothing to confess i meant them fully that i have failed ignominiously in keeping them i do confess in shame and bitterness of soul but when i took them upon me my whole heart went with them i loved him marjorie and i love him now i love him so much that if it is the right thing to do i am willing to keep away from him forever and live my life alone yes i am even willing but then there came a look of inexpressible agony into the dark sad eyes to give up my little boy his little boy to his care and love if god directs me to do so but oh i do not see it so now i cannot but feel that together we might cover over some of the mistakes and bring up our child for god and i cannot but feel that he means we shall try to keep the solemn vows which we called him to witness were made until death parted us oh marjorie can you help me how does it seem to you am i right or wrong she must have noticed the change in marjorie's face for her eyes shone with a tender light and her voice was tenderness itself my dear friend she said my sympathies and hopes are with you i believe you are being led by the spirit of god and that you are to be given such an opportunity as perhaps does not come to many for redeeming the past have you heard anything about ralph of late nothing said mrs bramlett eagerly i would not allow myself to question glyde i thought it was not being true to my resolve to let him be entirely freed from me i thought it was due to him after the way in which i had treated him that i should not even mention his name i lived up to my resolve literally 
i might have been trying to do so still if i had not been taught by my boy when he began to ask questions to say where is my papa has my papa gone to heaven like robbie stewart's then i felt that there was another life to be considered there was an innocent boy who ought not to be deprived of his father's love and care because of his mother's sins and i resolved to come and ask ralph if we could not begin again but in order to be utterly sure that i was doing what was right and not simply what i wanted to do i resolved as i told you to come first to you we did not even go to glides we stopped at a hotel uncle anthony and my little ralph and i uncle anthony has been good to me through it all he took me home to his heart at once and bore with all my miseries and follies almost as an angel might i believe he thinks i am doing right at last although he has not said one word to influence me in any direction he said he was afraid to interfere that he had interfered in lives before and done mischief and he wanted god to lead me but he himself proposed to come east with me and when i told him i wanted to see you at once he ordered a carriage as soon as my little boy was asleep and promised to watch beside him until i returned and let me come away quite alone as i wanted to why did you ask me if i had heard from ralph lately she broke off abruptly to inquire her face paling over a sudden fear oh marjorie is he not ill no said marjorie with quiet promptness he is quite well my husband saw him only yesterday i will help you estelle be sure of that i am glad that i can my husband goes so frequently to see ralph and understands so fully what is necessary that he will be able to make all arrangements for you to meet him can you come wait let me think i shall talk to dr maxwell to-night of course as soon as he comes in and can you wait one day more estelle until five o'clock to-morrow i am afraid it cannot be managed before that hour i will do whatever you tell me said this curious shadow of estelle douglas who was so like and yet so utterly unlike her former self that there were moments when marjorie almost asked herself if she were not dreaming she went herself to the door to see her guest to her carriage then awaited with feverish impatience her husband's return End of chapter 27